May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I survey my own past, and I think about some of the great misconceptions that I have held on to over time, and of course I'm still fairly young, so there's time for, for many more misconceptions, I hope. But one of the greatest misconceptions that I held on to for a good portion of my young adulthood and early life was the idea that the only part of the Jesus story that mattered was the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I don't know that anyone ever actually sat me down and said, Josh, this is the only part that matters. But as I attended church and I went to you know, Sunday school and I, went, I grew up at a Christian uh, high school, uh, we had Bible class each day, the part that was emphasized over and over and over again was the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because for us, it meant that we had secured some sort of uh, certainty about our afterlife. And everything else, well, could sometimes be conveniently forgotten. I think about the other parts of the Jesus story that really matter, and, and the hint is here is that it's all of it, but I think about the commands to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves or even more to love our enemies, those who are difficult to love. I think about the ways Jesus spent his time and the people who Jesus spent his time with. These are the parts of the gospel that I think sometimes we like to forget. That Jesus spent his time with outcasts and told us that we should prioritize the little ones and that we should welcome back in those who society had pushed out. This is the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus is healing people in the Gospels, he is welcoming people back in. It is more than just physical. It is spiritual. It is societal. He is literally battling against the structures of society that want to push other people out to the margins. These parts of the story are important too. And in fact, <laughs> the death and resurrection are such a small part of the story. And I need to say it. Jesus is more than ransom. Jesus is more than substitution. And I don't have time to get into it this morning, but there is something dangerous about believing that Jesus is ransom and substitution for a God who is so angry at us that he must punish us severely until he is satisfied. And so he needs some sort of person to stand in. There is danger to that. It creates a society and a church that is unhealthy to have this type of belief in God. God loves us. You are lovable right now. God loves you exactly how you are in the place that you are at today. You don't need to change in order to receive and accept the love of God. The whole story is important. And the older that I get, the more that I am sure that God cares about this world and not just eternity. And I am more sure after this 13 months of pandemic living that God cares about the suffering of people in the real time, the here and now, and even more so after the last week in Texas where many people were without power or water or began to ration food and feared that they would not be able to make it through five or six or seven days of a winter storm. I was so encouraged this week by this community as people called and texted and emailed and said, I have extra food, who can I take it to? I've got a car that I feel confident I can take out into the snow. 
Who needs something? I've got extra water. Where do you need it? Over and over and over again, people in this community responded by saying, I have more than I need. Now who can I give it to? This is the kind of community and the kind of people that God is calling us to be. People that know and care about this world as much as we care about whatever is coming next. Because this world is what we have right now and people are suffering right now and you and I can work to alleviate that suffering. This is perhaps our primary calling in this life. But too often, we focus on the death and resurrection as though it is some sort of insurance plan for the afterlife. And we check the couple of boxes that we need to affirm and then we tuck it away in the darkest, dustiest closet of our heart and mind and we leave it there until we need it. But the gospel is supposed to transform our lives and change us into people who exist and live in the world the way that Jesus did and does. And so, my friends, this is our calling today to be like Jesus. To not only be people who believe in the death and resurrection of Christ because it shores up our own future and eternity, but people who are changed into people who live like Jesus each and every day in the here and now. My friends, this is our calling. And so we need the church calendar and we need the lectionary because it helps hold the whole story, not just of Jesus, but the entire scriptures in front of us. It makes sure that we don't just focus on one part that we like or the part that makes us feel good, but we need all of it in front of us all the time. And I love Outdoor Chapel because we have this felt church calendar that I think is from Godly Play. And it's got all of the colors and it's got a hand like a clock that moves around. And today, because it's the first Sunday of Lent, it's pointing at purple for the first time. And I love this visual representation. But the danger is, is that we begin to think that the seasons are just about what color is on the altar or on the backdrop or what the priest is wearing when none of this really matters. It's beautiful. It helps us lock in the season that we are in, but this will not save us and it will not relieve the suffering of anyone else. But we need the whole story held in front of us. We need all of it. We need Advent because we need to learn what it is like to live without what has been promised to us so that we can know what it is like to anticipate and to expect what God has promised, not just for you and I, but for the whole world. We need Christmas because it helps us to realize that sometimes the ways that we dream God will exist in the world, God chooses to do something differently. When we think we need power and strength and royalty and warriors, what we actually need is a little baby. God is playing the long game when we are hoping for something immediate. We need epiphany because we need our hearts and minds to be daily awoken to the idea of who Christ really is and who Christ is calling us to be. And we need Lent, goodness gracious, we need Lent. If Jesus needed 40 days in the wilderness, you and I need it too. I love Lent. I love Lent because it is a moment of preparation. It is a moment for us to get our hearts and our minds right, set on the things that we need them to be set on in order to do the work that God has called us to do. The word Lent comes from an old English word that means spring. Lent is spring cleaning for our hearts. 
so that we can remove the obstacles that have stood in our way, so that we can dust off the insurance policy and read the rest of the story, so that we can be reminded that Easter is not just one day out of the year or one season out of the year, but Easter is a reality that we are called to live into all of the time. We are a resurrection people. And so we need Lent. We need it to clean up our lives. We need this time of repentance and self-examination. And we need to pray. And we need to fast. And we need self-denial because we need to realize that you and I are not at the top of the pyramid. That we are all in this together. That God loves the world right now just as it is. That God came into the world and spent time with us and came close to us in the middle of our muck and our suffering and our dirtiness. This is how God shows up. And this is the kind of church that we are being called to be also. Amen.